Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs lose to a surging Devils team. The Jonathan Drouin is out injured for four to six weeks. And is it time to send Yuri Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky to the AHL? I got that one out of the way. All that's <laughs> coming up on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 726 of Locked On Canadians. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. And uh, please subscribe, as always, and hit that little bell on YouTube so you'll get notified for every new episode and every new special that we do. My name is Laura Sav, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. It's not fun to lose to the New Jersey Devils. The Canadians did it, but that's, you know what? Everybody's been doing it these days. It's not the Canadians are not unique. So, Scott, there were some, I think, uh, positives to that game. I think the Canadians had a very strong first period. And then they allowed the game to get away with them in the second. And obviously, New Jersey played really well. This team looks good. Unfortunately, they kind of, you know, they kind of ruined Jake Allen's night. Yeah, I'm actually working on something along those lines for uh, Eyes on the Prize. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube and you see the beam of light coming into my face, uh, bear with me. I have a new desk set up that I am working on right now, so I am playing around with that. The Canadians played a great first period. Like, very good. That they They were unlucky to have left that period without having scored a goal. And then the Devils just kind of turned it on after that. I'm looking at the natural stat trick chart, and it's... You know, the Canadians are up there, and then it just steadily trends downwards. And they did get a first goal from Evgeny Dodonov, long, long overdue for how he played. He was actually one of the better players on the Canadians tonight. I know that bar is admittedly not a high one to cross on this. It it was It's a learning experience, though. The Devils are playing an, an absolute wagon style of hockey right now. And the Canadians just couldn't keep up. And I see people like Joel Edmonds that, you know, said we can play with these guys and he's not wrong because they outplayed them. And then the wheels fell off and they weren't able to get back on track. This was the kind of game where this is what happens when the first line kind of gets shut out on you. Yeah. You learn I wanna, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that first line actually, but I think it, it is important to note that there's something about what you just said that kind of clicked in my mind that the Canadians right now being a rebuilding team, blah, 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 all of that. The game was kind of a microcosm because they weren't able to keep up that consistency, right? When they want to be a permanent fixture uh, and, and a playoff threat permanent, you know, all of that, when they're in their contending years, let's say they're going to have to show some consistency. Like you are going to have, bad nights or bad periods or whatever. But right now the Canadians have a lot of ups and downs. Like it's not the first time where they have a game with some really, really strong moments, stretches or periods. And then some where they just let the game get out of their control. 
there's a couple of positives that uh, I want to talk about a little bit. Like Martin St. Louis seems to be really intent on giving uh, Dodonov uh, some, some leeway to put him in positions to kind of succeed. You know, I like to think of it as showcasing him. That's, that's, that's the idea that I kind of have as, as to what's going on, which worked, right? He scored a goal. That was fine. Um, but I also think that the first line, we're seeing a lot where the first line uh, will be strong offensively, but not so strong defensively. But this is the first night in a long time where I thought that they were not good in either zone. And or in all three zones, to be honest, I didn't love them. And I haven't checked the underlying numbers, so I might be completely wrong. But I really didn't love the first line play, right? And so this is why the Canadians are going to have to work on their depth. We always knew that this was going to be a thing. We always, since the beginning of this season, that line has been taking the toughest minutes. That line has had a lot of focus on them. That line is a line that is getting defended against. So... I, I know that the if the Canadians are able to spread out their talent over multiple lines, not necessarily fully rolling four lines, but the idea of four, rolling four lines, like I think it's going to be positive in the future. But right now, they don't have that secondary scoring. Right now, they just have that first line that if you shut them down, you're able to control the Canadians. And that's the thing is I actually do have, like I have natural stat trick up behind me here. So if you see me looking off screen, I am referencing that. Doc, Suzuki, and Caulfield were three of the bottom five players in terms of expected goals percentage tonight. They were not good. Uh, and this is not a, they were the only ones who were bad. There was a lot of very sloppy play in this game from a lot of players who should know better. And Joel Edmondson did the same things. Brendan Gallagher had egregious turnovers. Jordan Harris made maybe his first mistake all season and it turned into a goal. David Savard had some bad turnovers. Across the board, it wasn't a good enough effort to pick up where the first line was struggling. The line of Dodonov, Monahan, and Anderson was good, like legitimately. And even Harrison Kovacevic for their issues above water in terms of possession and above water in terms of expected goals. But this is this is a learning experience. If they're going to shut this down, what can we do to get other things going here? And I don't think Suzuki and Caulfield and Doc are going to immediately fall off 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 a cliff after one game i expect them to bounce back columbus is going to be kind of a get right game for a lot of people here in that columbus is a beat up team they they have a lot of injuries this should be a game where you work to get those second and third line scoring get the fourth line kind of tuned up here a little bit and get back on track and i think above all else Everyone who is freaking out over the Canadians winning too many games, understand there will be more games like this. There will be teams that shut down Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. That's just a fact of life. It happens. No one gets 82 games of being the best player on the ice every single night and scoring goals, at least in this day and age. This is part of the uh, part and parcel to it's a rebuilding year. Even if they're in a playoff spot, which they were going into tonight, it's still a rebuilding year. You're going to get these struggles that go along with it. And it's a bump in the road. It sucks. Like this game sucked, admittedly. For the first time all year, I can look at this game and go, I have very little that I want to draw on out of this again. Throw it in the trash and move on. But it's it's okay. At the end of the day, it's quite all right. It's not the end of the world. Columbus on Thursday should be... Uh, interesting to see how they respond to 
quite frankly, getting their teeth kicked in in this game a little bit. Also, Columbus is dealing with a massive boatload of injuries. So this is going to be a game where the Canadians are going to need to really uh, take advantage of that. I The one thing that I will say about this game is that I, I did like what I saw from them in the first period. Like that That is a positive to draw. And that's, that's something that they're going to have to expand on. Um, in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Jonathan Drouin and his injury uh, and what that means for the Canadians. And later on in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Slavkovsky and what the Canadians should do with him. But first, I need to remind everybody about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You know we love it. We've been using it since essentially since they became our sponsors. Uh, but we fell in love with the product. I use it all the time as a pick-me-up in the afternoon, uh, sometimes an on-the-go breakfast, because it is always low in sugar and high in protein. And that's so, so important because it keeps your energy up without that crash. I know a lot of people like Scott and Carly use it for hiking. Built Bar really, they're so, so delicious. And they have all these like really cool, interesting flavors now. They have the puffs, the Built Puffs, which are delicious. They're basically like a marshmallow puff covered in real chocolate. So, so yummy. So if you want to try Built Bar, um, you can use our promo code, which is LOCKEDON15. Just go to Built.com and use LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order and try Built Bar. That's Built.com and the promo code is locked. On 15. Before we get into our next segment, I do want to tell people as well, we have a crossover episode coming off to coming up to preview uh, the game against the Blue Jackets with one of our favorite people, Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets. And that's coming up obviously on tomorrow's episode. But on today's episode, we have a less delightful topic. Uh, and that is Jonathan Drew is injured yet again. So (laughs) I, I, I've been kind of thinking about this since I saw the news this morning that they announced he and Armia had upper body injuries and would not be playing tonight, which, okay, cool. Michael Pazetta gets another game in. Let's see what he can do with that. Uh, After the game to announce Drew is out four to six weeks with an injury. He's been playing through that. He suffered um, 10 days ago against Vegas. In a season like this, why are you playing through injuries? I understand, and especially Jonathan Drouin, who I know wants to succeed and wants to be a part of this team. He somehow managed to keep a very positive outlook despite all the injuries he's had here in Montreal. And all the criticism. And yes, warranted and unwarranted. Jonathan Drouin has been through a lot here, and it's just like... I, I don't play through it. We talked about this last year. Don't play through it if you're hurt because there's still chances for you to come back and play a role in this season. And I can't help but feel bad for the guy because I didn't think he was playing badly. It looked like he was establishing himself in the lineup again, and then he gets injured. And if that isn't the story of every single season, basically since he's got here, is that he's playing well, injured, playing well, injured, Playing well, injured, comes back, continues to play well, takes a leave of absence for his mental health, comes back next season, plays well, injured. It you, you can't help but feel bad for the guy. And I know everyone has their thoughts on the trade and what he's supposed to be here, whatever. Jonathan Drewan, the person, I can't help but feel bad for because all he wants to do is play hockey and play well. And just luck has not been on his side. 
He's crossed over a black cat under a ladder while dropping a mirror on Friday the 13th or something. And just there's no other way to explain it. Dude just has no luck. And like, I hope it's nothing truly serious and that we can see him come back. But now you got to look at if you're the Canadians, what do you do? Cause you're still missing Yol Armia. And we're going to talk about Slavkovsky in our next segment here. There's, there's got to be something that's got to give here. You got to do something. Yeah. And I want to borrow a line. One of my friends used about Pascal Leclerc once upon a time. He said, glass is made out of Pascal Leclerc. I feel like glass is made out of Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I also wonder sometimes if a bunch of people in this city have like Jonathan Drouin voodoo dolls for whatever reason. They just can't forgive him for not living up to the potential that he was overhyped to, to, to you know, as, as a QMJHL player, knowing that there's no defense. And, and that's, you know, that's something that's <laughs> that I often wonder. I'm like, who, who was cursing this man? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Basically, since he got here, it's just like he was sold to everyone as a savior for this team. And that was immediately unfair of that expectation. He was made to play center. He's not a center. He played, he put up points. He was never meant to be a main focus on this team. He was, everyone who looked at this trade analytically looked at this and went an absolutely elite complimentary piece, a great playmaker who can help on the power play in secondary scoring. And they tried to shoehorn him into being a top line forward, top line center, main producer only. And it was never going to work. And then the injuries piled up and it's just, it it feels like he's cursed truly like since he got here and it's, it's only four to six weeks. So little over a month, more or less that gets us to what Christmas give or take. I assume then, cause that's their Florida trip. He'll meet the team there and hopefully he's good to go then. And we'll get to see, you know, arrested and reinvigorated Jonathan Duran, hopefully. And I'm also realizing we haven't seen Mike Madison play this season either. Every offseason trade for Montreal is cursed, it feels like, but everything's cursed for Montreal right now. They gotta burn the reverse retros, apparently. They're just yeah. absolutely cursed. Like that's I, that's upsetting though, because they're so beautiful. Last year's were so beautiful, or the year before, like, wh- whatever. Yeah. yeah, they were so gorgeous, and the Canadians won like one game in them. They won the last one they wore the those uh, uh, navy blue ones for, and they're so beautiful. And now they have these new beautiful ones that are like very expo like, and now they're not winning in those either. Like I wonder if just the whole idea of reverse retro is cursed in Montreal. Maybe I will just wash mine and like holy. I'll go to like a church and like have someone like spray holy water on my reverse retro when it gets here. So I, I, I know this is about Jonathan Duran. Regardless, I'm, I'm curious to see what Montreal does now because I don't know if he's going. They're not going to put him on LTIR, but if he goes off the books for a little bit. They have the ability to move some things around and bring guys up or maybe add someone to this team potentially. I'm not 100% sure how it all works all the way down to it, but I can see Kent Hughes trying to make something happen here now, now that he has a little bit of flexibility to do so. And you know what? Why the hell not? You're rebuilding. Take risks and take chances. You did the Sean Monahan, and you're getting great dividends out of that. So why not try something new again too? And 
I think it is time to talk about some of those options and something not so crazy that the Canadians should do. And we want to ask ourselves, is it time to send Slavkovsky down to the AHL? That's all coming up in just one moment on Locked On Canadians. All right. This is a topic that's going to get people quite upset. There's a lot of debate about this. It's been going on since, it's since you know, the beginning of the season. Um, there's a lot of name calling, which we will not tolerate. Do not call each other names in our comments. Uh, you can disagree. Please have a healthy debate. We love that. We love, we love you know, when, and when you talk about stuff, sometimes we bring it up on the show. A lot of people feel that there's absolutely no point in sending Slavkovsky to the AHL, which is understandable because he has played against men in his previous jobs, <laughs> in his previous, uh, on his previous teams, and in you know on the biggest world stages. But at the same time, a lot of people feel that he needs to go to the AHL because he's simply not getting enough minutes in the NHL. Scott, what? yes, <laughs> where do you stand on this one? I am. I, I've always been kind of fluid on this position, and the thing is, going to the AHL, he's still playing against adult competition. Um, whether or not it's better than Liga is up for debate to people who know things better than I do. He's not going to the CHL. They won't send him to the Erie Otters. Own his rights. He's not going to the OHL. If he did, I'd be. I would actually be very disappointed. That he wouldn't be able to be recalled unless it's an emergency situation until their season is over. So that's why we won't see Philip Mayshar until um, Kitchener's season is done and over with. I am currently on the, they should send him to Laval train for two reasons. One, the rocket need any kind of scoring help they can get at this point. And I think he needs the ice time. He played nine twenty five at even strength tonight on the fourth line, lowest on the team or second lowest on the team. Pizzetta played eight fifty five. That's not a good way to develop him. And I get that, like, yeah, you, you don't want to break up Dodonov and Monaghan who have played well together. He ha- You don't want to break up Doc and Suzuki and Caulfield, and you don't know if he can handle the tougher minutes that Gallagher and Dvorak are playing. The option is you send him to the AHL then. And that seems like the best thing, because one, you just bring Rem Pitlick up. If you're going to play someone on the fourth line, you might as well just play Rem Pitlick at this point, because who cares? Actually, that's mean. I'm sorry. That sounds really mean to Rem Pitlick. You're not Rem Pitlick is what he is. Uri Slavkovsky is a what you are hoping is a cornerstone of your rebuild and your franchise going forward. Give him the ice time to develop. And it doesn't have to be a permanent stay. It's just like a hey, while Drewan is out, he's probably gonna stay in the NHL just because they don't have bodies unless they make a trade. But if they do bring someone in. Send him to the AHL, bring Pitlick up, and let him get those minutes and those reps. And I think that's very crucial. It also helped confidence if he starts cashing in on rocket power plays or at five on five there and builds that confidence in his overall game that he needs. And he'll be playing alongside guys he's going to probably be playing alongside next year. Guys like Xavier Simono, guys like Jesse Ullinen, Justin Barron, and Matthias Norlinder. Getting chemistry with those guys at this level is also crucial for taking that next step forward, I think. And I I think it might be time to do that, but that requires Kent Hughes 
to bring in another body here. Now with Drew Ann out and Armia missing, they didn't have any spare forwards. Find, you know, something to fit in there in your bottom six or on your fourth line and let Slavkovsky play top six minutes in the in the AHL. It just it feels like the right move at this point. I know the team, the season's far from over, but for right now, do what you did for Caulfield. Let him go get that ice time and get those reps and then bring him back up when you think he's ready to go. I think it's interesting because I feel like for Cole Caulfield, it was it was a slightly different situation. I think when they started him in the AHL, when he first first signed with the team, and then he, he you know he 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 got called up to the NHL so quickly. I think that was a positive. I think when he was sent down under Dominique Ducharme, it was more for lack of an idea of what to do. Like with Slavkovsky, it's a little bit different in that he's not playing terribly or anything like that. But at some point, you want your first overall pick to dominate and to to get used to that. And I think that the AHL is the perfect place for that because he's going to get all the minutes. Like he's going to be the guy. And I think it's important that he's the guy somewhere, right? Because if we wait for him to be the guy in Montreal, it's going to be two years from now. So I don't necessarily think it's very much like you said. I don't necessarily think it has to be permanent. But I think it's it's going to be good for him. It'll also be good for the Rocket. That's the other thing, too, is that you look at this from the perspective of the rest of the team that they're trying to develop or the rest of the young players that they're trying to develop. Like, as a whole, like, you want to see a little bit more from them. And bringing in somebody who's supposed to eventually be a superstar, I think, is 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 going to elevate everybody's game. Yeah, like, there's not really a downside to it unless he, you know, just doesn't want to go down and you have a disgruntled player. But I don't think that's the case. I think Martin St. Louis, Kent Hughes, and Jeff Gordon because are very upfront with guys, and they're going to have to be because someone brought it up. When Mike Matheson's back, someone has to go to the AHL, and it's likely going to be a prospect. And it's not a "Hey, you played badly." It's just a numbers game, and it's just an "It is what it is" kind of thing. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, and I get it. I want to see Slavkovsky play in the NHL. Watching him score NHL goals is awesome. At the exact same time, though, you have to do what's best for the, his development and the long-term planning of this team because this is not a, you know, we're going for it this year, all hands on deck, one last shot, last dance kind of thing. This is a we're three, two or three years away from potentially being a playoff team. Don't make the end goal worse because you wanted to jump ahead on this, you know? Take your time. We talked about it yesterday. Follow your set plan and trust your own process in this and make it work. And I said process because I hang out with far too many Canadians instead of saying it like an American process, process, like process (laughs) cheese. Um, (laughs) It's late, by the way. I'm Um, also extremely jet lagged still. So. Trust your process in this and make it and believe in yourself and understand that the players are willing to buy into this because you're being transparent with them. You are not yanking the rug out. This is not Dominique Ducharme sending Cole Caulfield down because he doesn't know what he's doing. This is them going, you're not where you need to be yet. We want to get you there. And I think that's fine. Plus, it you know, puts butts in the seats for the Rocket and helps them, like you said, it's hard to find a negative in that. So I'm hoping it's what they do next, honestly. And I'm curious as to what our listeners think, because uh, I, I think 
there's a lot of passion about this topic. And, and I, I, I do think that there will be a lot of di- disagreement, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody does agree. Like, I, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that think that he's just because he's played against men in the past, because he played in the Olympics, because blah, 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 that it's just, it's a waste of his time to be in the AHL. But I think it's a waste of his time to be sitting on the bench. I think the best use of his time is on the ice. And so I, you know, I see both sides of it. And I, I know the Canadians will make the right decision for him. I'm just curious as to see what people think. And remember, do not call each other names. We will delete that. We don't like when people are rude to each other. Like this is a community that we're trying to build where you have those disagreements without calling each other idiots. In the meantime, uh, we will be back tomorrow with an episode with uh, the lovely and talented Jay Foster of Lockdown Blue Jackets to preview the game against the Blue Jackets. And obviously after that, we'll have the recap. We'll have the mailbag. So if you want to interact with us, check out LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. That is where you can send us your uh, mailbag questions or share your thoughts. You can also leave uh, mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. If we miss any of them, please re-up them. You can also Twitter DM them to us or uh, Twitter reply to us at LO underscore Canadians. Please interact. You'll find us also on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Batla. I'm at The Active Stick. Um, before Twitter blows up forever, uh, you, can, you can reach us there. Uh, and in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast as well as Locked on NHL. And we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>